You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the third chapter of Sukkah. We've dealt with, to a certain extent, the three species, the Lulav, the Hadas, and the Arava. And the Mishnah then goes on to the Etrog. The Etrog is pre-Hadar. It's the beautiful fruit or the fruit of the beautiful tree, or maybe the fruit of the tr- the fruit that dwells on the tree. We're not sure. There are different interpretations. But anyway, the Mishnah is, no f- is, is focused for the moment on the Etrog. And the question arises, well, okay, how big or how small does it need to be? Shiur Etrog Hakatan Rabbi Meir Omer Ke'egoz. The minimum size, the bottom size for an Etrog. Rabbi Meir size says, Rabbi Meir says, like a nut. So that's a tiny quantity. Rabbi Yudah says, like an egg. Rabbi Yudah Omer Kabetza. Kabetza. And of course, the halakha goes like, well, the halakha does go according to Rabbi Yudah. And we can remind ourselves that the etrog is, de- is described as a fruit. Pri eats hadar, the fruit of the beautiful tree. And we've discussed already the fact that this has to be a fruit that you can eat. If it's something like, oh, I don't know, truma, which has become tame, which you cannot eat, you have to burn. Or if it comes from um, an asherah or a, a city uh, that's gone astray and you have to, bu- uh, again, you have to burn it. If, if it's not fit for eating, it's no good to be an etrog. And of course, the bait sar, the egg, is the minimum halachic quantity for a meaningful uh, a meaningful piece of food. We don't have, we learned when we were learning the Mishnah of, of sitting in the sukkah, you don't have to say a bracha if you're eating less than a beitza. You don't have to go into a sukkah for a piece of food that's less than a beitza, that's less than an egg. And similarly, an etrog, which is the size of less than an egg, doesn't seem to be a meaningful etrog. It's not a meaningful piece of fruit. What about the maximum? What's the maximum size? Such that two can be held in one hand, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi Omer Afilu Bishteyadav. So what are we talking about here? Maybe we're talking about two etrogim, but it seems more likely we're talking about two species, such that two such that two can be held in one hand. Rabbi Yehuda seems to be saying, look, you need to be able to hold your your two things, your lulav and your etrog, in one hand, because you might need to pass it from one hand to the other hand. And you don't want to have to, you don't want to have it be in danger of dropping the etrog as you're passing from hand to hand. If you can hold two of them in one hand, and that probably refers to the etrog and the lulav, although the commentator is a little bit vague on this point. If you can hold two in one hand, you're probably okay there. So the maximum of an etrog is something a bit less than a hand size because you want space left over to hold the lulav. And Rabbi Yossi is going to disagree. Rabbi Yossi Omer Afilu Bishteyadav. Rabbi Yossi still has a maximum size on this thing, but he's happy for you to put both hands around 
the uh, around this combination of two species, whether it's two etrog in. I think it's more likely, by the way, the lulav and the etrog, because if we think about the pasuk, ulukachtem lachem, you shall take for yourselves. You need to take these things, and that means you need to hold them in your hands. If you can't uh, hold at least two, if you can't hold the lulav and the etrog in at least two hands, then I don't see how you can actually fulfill the mitzvah at all. So Rabbi Yossi effectively will fulfill the mitzvah with two hands. And Rabbi Huda says, look, they've got to be small enough to fulfill them with one hand. Now, Rabbi Yossi actually has a, um, a verse to back him up. Um, Rabbi Yossi has enough to back, has a verse to back him up. Amar Rabbi Yossi, this is in the Jerusalem Talmud now, the Yerushalmi. Amar Rabbi Yossi, ilu havaktiv v'chapot tamarim. If the verse said v'chapot tamarim, if it said and date palms with the word and, yeut, it would be correct. It'd be correct to have to... Um, it would be correct to have to hold two of them in just one hand. But that's not the way the verse reads. The verse reads, You shall take yourselves on the first day, the fruit of the goodly tree or the fruit of the beautiful tree, and then kapot tmarim, and then date palms. And it doesn't have an and in it. There's no and. In the Pasuk. So he says, So it works with one species in one hand and the other in the other hand. Effectively, as long as you've got two hands round the two types of species, you're okay. They're not too big. And then he's going to tell a story. And he had an et Rabbi Akiva came into synagogue. Very interesting now. We're talking about, we're using the word synagogue, Beit Knesset. He came into the, into the synagogue and the etrog was on his shoulders. And actually in the Bavli, they rather laugh at him for doing this. But this is the end of the sugya in the Yerushalmi. So it seems as though people had pretty big etrogim in those days in the land of Israel. Much, much bigger than we ever see in the New York or the, or the Jerusalem markets today. What about those? Those are the four species. Are we... What could we add to the four species? Could we add another species in? That's the question which the next Mishnah addresses. We can't tie up the lulav except with its own species. So when we tie everything together, and we need to tie everything together because then there's this list of fruits, right? We need to take everything together. So we need to tie it up. But According to Rabbi Huda, Divrei Rabbi Huda, we have to tie it up only with its own species because we don't want to introduce some fifth extra species into the mix. And Rabbi Meir is going to disagree. Rabbi Meir or Afilu vi Mershicha. You can even tie them up with a cord. The halacha, I don't. Uh, even you can even tie them up with a cord. I'm not sure whether the halakha goes according to Rabbi Yudah or Rabbi Meir. But Rabbi Meir also 
has a must say he's got an incident to support him i mean and we're seeing by the way as this mishnah develops that very often we're teaching the halacha we're proving the halacha via an incident amar rabbi Emir, rabbi Meir said it happened that the people of Jerusalem, and of course the people of Jerusalem are clearly, they're, you know, they're, they're holy people. They're knowledgeable people. We can follow the people of Jerusalem. They used to bind their lulavs or their lulavim with strands of gold. Clearly a Greek word there, gimonyot, shells the hub. And Jastro just says, look, it means strands. So they used to bind up their lulavim with strands of gold. It's a beautiful idea. And it just shows you how they thought about the festival and the, the mitzvah. But Rabbi Meir doesn't get away with it. Amrulo. But they said to him, They said to him, actually, they would bind it with its own species underneath. And whether that means underneath the gold strand, or whether that means at the bottom they would have the, the palm binding and at the top they'd have the gold. Not quite sure. But it, the sense is that they did use palm binding. And of course, this is still the practice today, by the way. We do bind the lulav with palm. We do not introduce a fifth species. What are we going to do with this? Well, we need to wave it. We need to wave the lulav. And the Mishnah seems to already know that we're going to wave it. So it's not going to ask, well, do we wave or do we not wave? It's going to ask the Heichan Hayu Munanin. Where? Where do they wave? Where do they wave? And the answer. And the answer will be familiar, actually, to any of us who's, who's kind of sat with a lulav through Halal. And very interesting, by the way, that our practice when we recite Halal today is essentially the practice of the Mishnah. Where do they wave? At the beginning and the end of Give thanks to the Lord. That's Psalm 118, which begins with We can look, check that in a Matzor. And at O Lord, deliver us, which is verse 25 in that Psalm. Divrei Beit according to Beit Hillel. Uveit Shemai Omrim, Af, Ba'ana Hashem Hatzlichana. And Beit Shemai also say, At Ana Hashem Hatzlichana. And it's very interesting, if you watch the Chazan in Shul, as he's saying, Ana Hashem Hatzlichana, from memory, he, he follows Beit Hillel, he doesn't shake. The, he, he, he does not shake the Lulav on Ana Hashem he doesn't shake the lulav on Anah Hashem Hatzlichana. Amar Rabbi Akiva. We're going to have another deed, another ma'aseh, another proof from what people did. So Rabbi Akiva is going to recount. I was watching Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua. So that's for, now this is also very interesting. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua remember the time of the temple. Rabbi Akiva is born. He's... Maybe not born, but he certainly, he dies in 125. He certainly, if he's born at the time of the temple, he hardly remembers what it was like. Rabbi Akiva is the first generation after the destruction. But he's watching Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua, who are the crossover generations. He's watching them. 
the whole of the people, all the people were waving their loves. And they only waved them at O Lord, deliver us. Only at that point. As though all the rest of the people either followed Beit Shammai or maybe they were just waving them randomly. And of course, I could imagine that in a, in a big crowd. I could imagine that that everyone is just waving their lulavim and the chachamim are saying, no, 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 we wave them only at a certain point. What about someone who hasn't had a chance to wave it in synagogue or with the community? Someone who was on a journey and hadn't, hadn't had the opportunity to take the lulav. When he enters his house he should take it at his table and i think the suggestion take it at his table suggests that he actually takes it before he eats in other words first thing he does first thing he does before he sits down to eat when he comes in the house he takes it off if he doesn't take it in the morning he should take it before dusk La Lulav. The whole day is suitable for taking the Lulav. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.